Welcome to Anderswick Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annasbrook.co.nz for a service near you. All right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Look at that, man. You guys are all so full of life this morning. It's so good. Um, as Michelle said, uh, we are the location pastors. So my name's Dave, and this is uh, Michelle, who led us beautifully this morning. Um, the, the venue, as Michelle said, we've had to change. We were normally at the School of Music or the NCMA, uh, and we changed venue because they have summer concerts there, so we couldn't have it on Sundays. And we looked at different venues, and we just decided, let's go to the beach for summer, you know? It's kind of cool. And um, what you don't know is that if I open those curtains right now, you would see beautiful vistas out there. And we decided to shut it because we wanted to distract. We wanted, we were thinking you'd be like this, you'd be worshipping, and then you'd be like, Hey, Auntie Miggins, how are you? <laughs> hey, Auntie, does anybody have an Auntie Miggins? I've been watching too much Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Mrs. Mig- Mrs. Miggins is like everything that's kind of like um, antiquated with the world. So it's like my, my metaphor for life. Anyway, um, it's great to, uh, great to be back for this year. So, so good. Uh, isn't it cool we can come to a different venue and it's still church? It's kind of cool. Um, this morning we, uh, we've also got the guys in Christchurch meeting in their new venue as well. And they were also trying to figure out how do they put stuff in different places and different locations. So can we put our hands together for the VE team who are here at 7.30am? I, I would like you to know that um, we had some technical issues, which means I haven't had coffee this morning. So... If I trip over my words, you'll know exactly why. Hey, but um, I've got the privilege this morning of sharing like the first message for the year. Kind of cool. I did the first message last year as well. Last year's message was a message called, um, I don't know if many of you will remember it. Some of you weren't even here, but it was called The Rest of God in the Busy Season, which I thought was a great first message for the year, given that we were kind of like post-COVID. And um, now that we are now not post-COVID, but back into COVID again, uh, if anybody knows me, I've actually had COVID over the summer break, and um, it knocked me around, but here I am. Um, I want to preach another message this morning, slightly different to that, but called a Joy in the Morning. It's something which I think is just so good to get, the joy in the morning. And I want to talk about a little bit about the difference. It's a very simplistic thought, but I want to talk about the difference between the night seasons of your life and the morning seasons of your life. And I want to talk about, well, what is the difference? between those different seasons. So with that in mind, I want to start off by saying this, that God is the God that uh, declares that He is the God that was and is and is to come. And I want to say this, that God is the God who was, so He's faithful. So we know through the track history of life that God has done amazing things, if not for you, for somebody that you know, so you can rely on that. Number two, He's the God that is, which means He's now moving, so we're here, it's God's actually moving, we believe we're in a spirit of revival at the moment. And number three, He's a God who is yet to come, so He's a God who is still going to do miraculous things in your life. Now, whether or not you feel like, uh, you know, you're in a season that's night, or you're season that morning, there is a promise that is coming, that there is joy still to come. So where did this come from? It comes from the scripture, and I apologize, I don't have any slides this morning, so you just have to stick with me. Psalms chapter 30, verses 1 to 5, and it says this, I will exalt you, Lord, for you have rescued me. Anybody been rescued before? 
Absolutely. You rescue, you refuse to let my enemies triumph over me, my enemies or my frenemies sometimes. Oh Lord, my God, I cried out to you for help and you restored my health. Has anybody had their health restored? Absolutely. Yeah, so many hands going up. You brought me from the grave, O Lord, and you kept me from falling into the pit of death. Sing to the Lord, all you godly ones, that's all of us, praise His holy name for His anger lasts only a moment. And here's the cool thing is that weeping may last through the night, but joy, it comes in the morning. Which is so, so good. And here we are at the start of a new year, figuratively speaking, the morning of the year. And it's such a good feeling. Uh, there is still joy to come, as I've said. So what is this joy that we speak of? Um, I sent out in the email this week a, a little thought, which was this, that in the Bible, some translations of the Bible have got the word joy mentioned 430 times, right? Whereas the word happy or happiness is only actually mentioned less than a dozen times. And it's quite fascinating because sometimes we kind of equate this feeling of joy to happiness, but that's not what the Bible's talking about. I think happiness in our moods and, our, and the way that we're feeling, it, they come and they go, but there is a joy, there is like a strength that actually just goes and it transcends through every season that we can actually just trust in God. And um, it says here that in the book of Nehemiah, that he declared that the joy of the Lord is what? It is a strength, is what he said. It's a strength. So basically, it's almost like uh, a trusting in God that what he has for us. It's like the backbone to our faith. This joy, this, this, this thing that just transcends all of these seasons. So what I just want to talk about really quickly is just the nighttime uh, season, because it's important to first to understand that. Right from the first chapter of the Bible, we discover something about God's intent with regards to the seasons of night and day. Right from chapter one of the Bible. Um, I love the Old Testament, and I've shared this before because it tells us something about the character of God. It tells us something about His nature. We learn a lot about who He is and what He intended. And um, the Spirit of the Lord always comes. He always brings peace. He always brings calm. He always brings a joy. Every time he appeared to somebody, the word says the Spirit of the Lord appeared to somebody in the Bible, he always started with this. Uh, don't be afraid, because I'm the Spirit of God. So he brings this absolute joy, this absolute peace. So with regards to night and day and the processes of God that he intended, we learned something about this right from the first chapter. Now, if you know me at all, you know I'm a processes guy, all right? I don't do anything without a process. I don't do anything without a system. It's sometimes my, my, my bugbear or my weak point sometimes because if I don't have a system, I don't know what I'm doing. So I've got to figure it out. But here we go. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and there was darkness on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, and he said it was good. And then God divided the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So in the evening first, and then in the morning second, there was the first day. So the night came first, then the morning. Then we carry on down to verse 6. It says, Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the water, and let there be a divide the waters from the waters. And thus God made the land, and he divided the waters from the land. And he then said, So the evening and the morning were the second days, so the night first, then the morning second. Skip forward to verse 13. So the evening and the morning were the third day. 
down to verse 19. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day, and so on it went. And it's interesting, when I actually looked into this, because I was talking with my good friend Simon Terrell, and he said there's a very interesting distinction as to why this is the way that it is, is that we were actually designed to work from rest. We were actually designed to work from a place of rest, not the other way around. I think in this day and age, I'm going to preach to myself here for a second, we work, we leave it all on the dance floor, so to speak. We leave ourselves absolutely exhausted, and then we hit the night time, and all we want to do is rest and and some of us in unhealthy ways. And sometimes we then hit the weekend and we work hard. And you, you talk about this thing Graham talked about last year. It became Friday drinks. And then eventually it became Friday cocaine he was talking about in the modern business world. Where they got to have cocaine to survive to get through from the, from the week that was. But what God said was this, right from the word, word go, is we're going to start with the night first rest and then build into your day. It's so, so important. Um, I've spent a lot of time uh, in the night awake. For those who don't know, we run a barbecue catering company as well. That means sometimes I'm up at two or three in the morning and I have seen a lot of sunsets in my time. All right? I've got up and I've stayed up to the morning. The birds start chirping. Did you know that the birds start chirping about two in the morning sometimes? Yeah, it's crazy. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you hear it? In our neighbourhood, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. So anyway, so I've seen a lot of sunsets over the time. And um, I've got to tell you, time, what did I say? Oh, I've seen some sunsets too. <laughs> there you go. With, with Michelle. But we've seen a lot of sunrises. And uh, one thing that I can promise you is that time goes differently at night, right? You just need to spend the night on a hospital ward to know that time goes Differently at night time, right? And what happens in the night time is that if you are up when you're supposed to be resting and you're not doing this thing where you're supposed to be actually taking a pause, your mind starts to go a little crazy. You start to repeat the things of the day. You start to rehearse the curse, so to speak. You start to replay these things that happen, that happen during the day. And God never intended that. He basically said you should be absolutely um, resting. And I proved this to myself one night where I was in a little bit of a pressure situation and I thought, right, I'm going to solve all the world's problems. And I got my computer out and I sent myself an email. And in the email, I answered every problem that I thought that I had. And I thought, that's good. I can sleep now. I went back to bed, slept so well, knowing that I'd solved every problem. Got to work the next morning, opened up my computer, read my email, and I went, this is a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> this, I, I had no idea what I was doing. At two o'clock in the morning is not the time where you should be processing. And I really am sincerely believing that for some people here, that God wants to set you free from the 2 a.m. Um, terrors, from those moments where you're waking up and you're thinking, they say between 2 and 4 a.m., if that's the time that you're waking up, that is the stress o'clock. That's when you know that something's not gone right. Right? Uh, or maybe you had too much pizza the night beforehand. We've all done that, eh? So, Jesus himself actually said this. He said, come to me, you that are heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus said. So I actually did a little bit of research into this, because I love a bit of research. So what actually happens to our bodies when we truly rest? I looked up what actually happens when this rest actually happens. From the Sleep Foundation, they said this, virtually every part of your body experiences notable changes during sleep. 
Upon falling asleep, thousands of neurons in the brain switch. I don't even know what neurons are, so if you will know. Um, and it switched from, from waking to sleeping state, sending signals throughout the body. And here's what happens. Number one is your immune system resets and it strengthens itself. Number two, it reduces depression in our life just from simply getting some sleep. Number three, it improves our productivity. Because I don't know whether you know this, but studies have shown and proven time and time again that uh, the person that works 12 hours a day gets less than the person that does eight hours a day and takes proper breaks because they're actually so much more focused. They've actually done actual studies on that. Uh, Our muscles actually fully relax. In fact, they actually talked about this. Your muscles actually paralyze themselves to stop responding to the activities in our dreams because we have very vivid dreams and that REM sleep, and it paralyzes itself so you don't get up and sleepwalk. And those that are actually sleepwalking are actually people that have actually got a a form of sleep um, apnea in a way that they just need um, to uh, get some treatment for. Your breathing slows down. Your heart rate reduces. Your blood pressure reduces, your mood receives a boost. So sometimes you just need a nap, you know? You just gotta have a nap. And, and lastly, you receive a healthier heart. Um, another study from John Underwood, who was the director of Life of an Athlete Human Performance Project. I, I considered myself an athlete. Uh, actually, not really, but I did appreciate it when I saw Jerry this morning and he said to me, Dave, you look like your pants are fitting better. And I can promise me, I can promise you I regretted putting on long pants this morning. It was not good. <laughs> anyway, he says this. He says, uh, he believes that the project showed that the, between the times of 10 and 2, or your first four hours of sleep, your body goes under a, a repair system, and that's actually what happens. The last four hours of your sleep, you actually go through a process of a psychological repair process. So what he, what he discovered was for an athlete, if they don't get the full eight hours sleep, they weren't actually doing that full Uh, that full repair. Now, this is the science of it, but the spirituality of it is this, is that in the nighttime, it can feel like things are tough. In the nighttime, we play over these things and they can seem like they're so, so difficult. But the fact of the morning is what we just need to do is rest when it's time to rest, right? Rest when it's time to rest. And I've learned how to give myself permission to say, I don't actually process that well at that time of the night. So I actually learned that I just don't bother um, listening to my head thoughts at that time. And I, I know sometimes it's, it's easier said than done. So what's the significance of the morning? The morning brings about new beginnings. It brings about the freshness of a new day whereabouts you can get clarity. It's amazing what a good bit of rest can do for you. Number two, it brings about a fresh start. Anything that was tricky yesterday can now be solved afresh today. You can come up with a fresh idea and God can actually speak to you with a very clear mind. Now, when I was younger, maybe about eight years ago, we bought our, um, our property that we're currently in. And this property that we've got is uh, it's awesome. In fact, we've been able to run our business out of it. Without this property, we couldn't actually run it. Now, if you have ever spent a New Year's Eve with me, you know that this is what we do, is we spend the evening talking about uh, what was the things that we loved from the year. We have a little moment. We talk about what, what did we love, what were the things that were praiseworthy, what are the things that we're thankful for. And then we talk about what are the things that we're looking forward to in the new year. In 2024, in the eve of 23, we did this. We decided, let's talk about what are we looking forward to. Well, eight years ago, New Year's Eve, I did not have any idea any thought in my own mind, in my own heart, that we were about to buy a house. None whatsoever. But it wasn't until the next morning that I woke up, actually on New Year's Day, that I woke up and the first thought I had was, 
Dave, you're going to buy a home this year. And I was, like, I was like, okay, could this just be me or is this God actually talking? And I decided, I didn't even tell Michelle, I was like that scared that it might not be correct because we had had a dark season. We had just come from a nighttime experience. We had been made redundant Christmas Eve 2008, shifted to Nelson um, with four kids, done some study, and it had been quite difficult, very tough financially. We'd, all, we'd lost our house that we had up, up in Tauranga. At one stage, we went to sell the house and we had a sold it. We would have ended up with a mortgage of about $50,000 and no house. Well, thankful that God actually held off and we managed to break even on the sale of that property. So the thought of owning another property was not really in my mind. But as I woke up the next morning, I felt God speaking, this is the year you're going to have a home. So I committed it to God and I said, I'm going to do it. And I didn't tell Michelle, but I went and rang a mortgage broker. And I rang the mortgage broker and I said, hey, um, I'm going to buy a house this year. And he, said, he laughed and he said to me, yeah, mate, you and everybody else, um, listen, that's not going to happen. I said, look, I know it's not going to happen. I don't really even have much of a deposit, uh, but why don't you just come over and see me anyway? And he said, okay, so he agreed to meet with me, and then we did some math on it. And he says to me, um, okay, I think we could do something here. This might actually work. Anyway, to cut a long story short, we are less than one month after that. We're about to, we have signed on the dotted line, and we actually purchased this house, right? No idea one month before that that, that was going to happen. It was in the morning time where God actually spoke to me. Now, in the night, I had to silence the thoughts about everything and anything that could go wrong and anything like that. But it was actually about the morning where God actually spoke to me about that. And I'm really believing this year that God has actually got some stuff that He wants to speak to you guys. Joel, do you want me to get your your ring for you, mate? He's playing with his wedding ring and just lost it. I really believe that God actually wants to actually speak some fresh vision for you guys. Actually, I'm just going to invite Joshua and Sophie to come back up right now. This is like the, one of the shortest messages you're going to get, but it's so important. I wrote this down. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think that for some people that the hope needs to be returned. And that it's time for some people to dream again. That the seasons that you, that you feel that you had, I wrote a status last night, um, give me more than nostalgia, is what I said. You know, I want to have fresh visions, I want to have fresh dreams, and believe that God can do the impossible. I mean, that experience for me changed my thinking because I now don't think about what's the art of the possible. I think, what, God, what are you calling me to? And am I hearing your voice correctly? And because I'm knowing for a fact that joy is going to come in the morning for a lot of you guys. But this is going to be it, is that this year is God is going to help you to actually carry light. He's going to help you to to carry really easy this year. There's going to be a a joy. There's going to be an ease about it. And God has actually said simply this, and Zechariah said this, but by my spirit, says the Lord, not by the way that we do it, but by the way that he says he wants to do it. I wrote this down, not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of God that he says to do it. Now, when we choose to do things in our own strength, uh, there's two different things that can happen. Number one, you can just say, God, I don't need you. I've got this and I can fix this. Or the second thing that can happen, we're doing in our own strength is we say, I don't have it in me to achieve this dream. Like when I rang the mortgage broker, I didn't really have it within me to achieve the dream, but I did have to trust in God that his word was true and that we were going to do it. And uh, it's quite amazing that God wants to do it. And I've actually asked Joshua and Sophie to prepare this song this morning. It's called Joy in the Morning by an artist called Torrin Wells. And the lyrics just say there's going to be joy in the morning. 
And I wonder if in this time, if you could get out your phone or a notebook and a pen and ask God, God, what is something you're speaking to me about my year? What is something that you are going to promise to me this year? And I think, as I said before, hope makes the heart, uh, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So we need to actually ask God, God, I need to have something to look forward to this year. And then we need to keep on bringing that thing before God and say, God, this is what we want to achieve. This is what we want to do. And I actually know for a fact that uh, that God in this moment is going to speak some things into your, your heart. How are you, How are you going to know it's God? There's just going to be small, still, still voice. It's going to be something that you're just going to know that that's God speaking. Like me, when I woke up that morning, I'm going to buy a home this year. That God is actually going to promise you something. You know, we've, we have lately been seeing so many incredible miracles happening. Honestly, it's amazing. We, we, pay, we prayed for Keith at the end of last year, who was unwell, and immediately he went back to his doctor, and he said, hey man, you totally turned... turned uh, totally turned the page here. You've actually got a healing on the books here. And we're believing that that would be for you. So I'm going to give to the team and then I'm going to jump back up and I've just got some prophetic words I just want to share. But let's just have a moment whereabouts we just listen to this beautiful song. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what the next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info or visit our website.